Hey everybody, welcome to The Blacklist. This show is all about how the elite rose to power. Right now, we're live at Blue Wire Studios and we have my man, Sean Sharma. Sean, please give us an introduction about who you are, what you do, and we'll take it from there. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so I started off from rags to riches, grew up in a trailer park in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. Both my parents were immigrants from India. My dad was a doctor in India. My mom was a college professor. And they left all that behind to chase the American dream. Uh, coming to America, you know, they were homeless in the beginning. They didn't really know how the system worked. They didn't know how to get jobs. Their degrees didn't transition over. My mom actually ended up getting disabled really early on in a medical accident. So, you know, she's been eating out of a tube for probably 35 years. Damn. And really, my parents just wanted me to have the chance of having a good education, having the chance of pursuing the American dream and just living a good life. And, you know, I started off super poor, but... Fortunately, you know, I worked hard. I got a good education. I ended up getting into Ivy League school. I realized that wasn't the answer to making a lot of money. When my dad passed away, I actually left medical school to start making money. And I tried a lot of different entrepreneurial ventures. I lost over half a million dollars in Airbnb. I was, I was trying to leverage my credit. It didn't work out. Sometimes it does. And I did a bunch of different businesses. And now my companies do over eight figures a year. I have businesses in the funding space. I have a credit monitoring service. We do credit repair. We help people with their brands. We help people with marketing. And I'm real big on social media now. I have over 3 million followers and we help people literally start where I was at, get good credit, use it to fund their business, fund their idea, and then even market and scale their brands once they're already making money. So yeah. kind of doing a lot of stuff, but you know, at least I can say I've, I've literally made my parents' sacrifices worthwhile. So that's kind of the big thing for me. Amen. Dude, well, let's touch on that. You, you said you have so many businesses. What systems and operations do you have in place to kind of manage all of those? Because, you know, as you know, the CEO, it's already hard running one business. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So I learned it from trial by fire is the best way I would put it because I would get a lot of opportunities. Once you start building your brand on social media, everyone starts coming to you and they're like, hey, let's partner up. You have this audience. You have the ability to make sales. Let's partner up. I'll give you a percentage. We go 50-50. We do this. And the thing is, is you quickly realize unless you have a system in place and unless you have a team in place, you can't take these opportunities and actually have them mature into what they're going to be. So the big thing I like to do is I try to master whatever it is I'm trying to do. So let's say it's marketing. Right now, I have a lot of different marketing agencies that I send clients to, whether it be for press, just like yourself, which I know you're crushing in the press field, Um, whether it's ads, whether it's, you know, videography. And what I'll do is I'll make sure I'm a subject matter expert in that area. I need to know enough in order for me to be able to, you know, pitch clients, oversee the operation. But what I do is I try to master whatever it is. That's the number one thing. A lot of people want to make money and do a lot of businesses, but they're not a master in any of them. You don't don't know how to do everything in either one of those businesses. So first thing, you master it. Second thing, you delegate. So you have to have a team. A lot of times I see other people and they try to go cheap on their team. They try to get VAs. They try to underpay people. And when you underpay people, you're going to get underperformance, right? So I don't care if someone has 50% equity in the business, right? If that means they're going to take over the business, be the quarterback and generate a lot of revenue for me, right? And the third thing I try to do, guys, is I let the opportunity mature. Not every opportunity is going to work out, right? So a lot of people, they're so tied to see something succeed. But sometimes, you know, I might go through a business opportunity and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I move on, right? I don't get tied to it. And that lets me run multiple businesses because, you know, I might start 20, 30 companies three, four of them work out. And those are the ones I'm running with right now. Yeah. How long do you allow them to like mature? Because there is a point in time where like, you know, people are not making money for two, three years. Absolutely. Like, oh, I'm just kind of waiting, you know? Yeah. I think it's industry specific, but a good example I'll give you is in 2018, I started building my social media up and I knew it was going to be something that was going to make me a lot of money. I knew people that were making millions of dollars from their social media. 
selling, you know, all kinds of services, products, doesn't matter what industry you're in, you can make a lot of money on social. Yeah. But in 2018, you know, when I started, I wasn't making any money from it. 2019, I was making no money from it. And so because I knew the industry, I knew other people in there, I knew, okay, it could take four or five years for me to make a dollar. So let me just stick with it. So I think it's industry specific. You got to look at the other people in your industry. If there's people that are making money in six months, a year, and you've been doing it for five years, maybe it's time to, (laughs) maybe it's time to quit that. Right. Yeah. Maybe you're just not good enough to do it. Right. So that's good. And how do you determine what percentage of equity you get in the businesses that you kind of help start, you know, based off of your industry? And yeah, I mean, I think usually, you know, I'm a very fair person. I make it based off of, you know, at this point, a lot of it is impact. So I might not do the day-to-day work, but me making intros, for instance, today I was on a phone call with our credit monitoring service we have called Credit Labs. And I literally linked in a person that was the number one lead generator for one of the biggest mortgage companies five years ago. Yeah. So that there's just impact there. Like that, that introduction could lead to millions of dollars in revenue. So it doesn't mean that I'm working 40 hours a week on the business. So, you know, I try to base on impact. Um, and in general, man, I'm really fair, bro. So if we partner up, like I'm cool doing 50, 50, I just think, you know, when people are getting paid, what they feel is appropriate, they're just going to work a different way, bro. So I know a lot of other guys that are building up, they try to take 80, 90%, 75%, but you know, I'm cool just building up and giving people what they deserve and we just get a lot further, a lot faster. Amen, amen. So look, you're doing eight figures annually, right? What's Absolutely. your goal? Like, uh, do you have one? Cause dude, I've had people on here where they're like, I wanna hit a billion, yep. you know? What's yours? Yeah, I mean, so I'll be honest, man. I grew up pretty humble beginnings. Like I didn't have anything. So me having stuff now, like it's cool. It doesn't really matter because I didn't have anything. I was happy when I had nothing, right? My biggest goal was to make my parents proud of what I'm doing. And one of my dad's biggest goals was to see me be an authority figure. It didn't matter what I was doing. You know, he wanted me to be a doctor originally. You know, all Indian parents want their kids to be doctors. And like, he wanted me to be an authority figure. And that meant that I was going to be able to help people with whatever it is, whatever industry I'm in, whatever I'm doing. And I think, you know, trying to be an authority figure, like the big thing is people don't listen to you unless you have money. A lot of the people we see on the internet, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's any of these people, right? They listen to them because they have a lot of money and they have a lot of influence because they have money. So what I see is like there's a table of us. There's a small table of people, right, that run the world, that run the U.S., that run these countries that have all the money and they get to do what they want to do, whether it's help certain people, whether it's do certain reforms, whether it's send money to Ukraine, whatever it is they want to do, they get to do. Right. And so I think if you're someone that's capable, if you're in the business world and you're making money and if you want to have like some type of say on, you know, who gets these opportunities whether it's the poor people that get help, whether it's immigrants that get help, whether it's first generation, you know, people that get more scholarships, whatever it is that you want to do, you have to actually acquire this money so you can make an impact. So my goal is to get to some type of level of income where, you know, I'm trying to be a billionaire, I'll be honest. And I think that's at the stage where you can actually start giving back, where you can give people, you know, a hundred million dollar check here and like donate to charity and see where that money goes. And not just because a lot of charities these days, whether, you know, I don't want to name any charities, but usually 50, 54% of the money goes to them as salaries. Yeah. And it's crazy because like a lot of these big charities, they're taking the money and they're investing in the stock market. They're investing in real estate. They're investing yeah. in commercial real estate, right? It's not actually going to the people. Like if you're going to donate money, like everyone should be donating money because it's a write-off on your taxes, but you should be trying to, like I give out turkeys in the neighborhoods. I go donate <laughs> money to like poor people. Like I actually yeah. give them the money, right? Yeah. So um, I just know once I get to a bigger dollar amount, it's going to be easier for me to do that and just make a bigger impact. Yeah. Is there um, any like certain charity or any certain like purpose you have that when you have that money, you know, you want to kind of dive into or is it just kind of giving back? Yeah. I mean, so I think growing up super poor, like I grew up in Alabama, the financial literacy was really, really low. 
And I think a lot of people stay poor because they just don't have the knowledge. So like a lot of my companies are in the financial services space. It's for a reason. Like what's the reason? Yeah. Because so when I was growing up, you know, we didn't have the financial literacy. Like, so if you look at any of these banks, right, they generate hundred million dollars in overdraft fees. Right. And they'll reorganize Crazy. your transactions to give you the overdraft fee. Yeah. Right. And the interest rates you're getting are crazy. And like, we just are not educated on, you know, you, people don't know they can get 0% credit. They don't yeah. have to pay back. They don't have to pay any interest for 12 months. It doesn't report on your credit report. So when you max it out, it doesn't lower your credit score and you can actually use this to go start a business. Right. Right. Like we're just not educated on a lot of these things. And I think that's, that's what holds back our community as like minorities in general. So, you know, my goal is to kind of, you know, bridge that gap, give education to these people right now. You know, I saw a lot of courses, do a lot of consulting stuff, but you know, at a certain dollar amount, man, I'm going to be doing it for free. So I just want to help people <laughs> and I want them to, you know, really have the opportunities that like I was able to figure out the hard way. Like they shouldn't, they shouldn't have to figure out the hard way, right? There shouldn't be an inequality in information. If there's people that want to succeed, if they want to do certain good things, they should be able to get that info to do it. Yeah. What info is needed? Absolutely. So I think credit is one of the most important things. Um, the whole financial system runs on credit. You want to buy a house, you have to have good credit. You want to buy a car, have to have good credit. You want to get a business loan, you have to have good credit. And so a lot of people don't even know what goes into your credit score. They don't know that they can actually go um, get added as an authorized user on their parents' credit cards. Right. That'll start adding positive history. A lot of people, just like the utilization I mentioned, they'll go max out their personal credit card. That ruins their credit. They can't get any more credit. If they were to do it on a business credit card, they could keep getting more business credit, keep maxing out that business credit for opportunities, but their score would not drop. Yeah. So just like little things like that, um, are super, super important. And then like credit repair guys, people don't know they can fix their credit. Um, when I started my first business, I was in, I was doing Airbnbs. I had like 30 Airbnbs. I thought I was pretty hot shit. Like, you know, I was 2015. Um, man, dude, we were running it up and long story short, man, I ended up going half a million dollars in debt. I had some bad partners, didn't have contracts. We got evicted at some of these, but I paid back those loans. I was paying like 18, 24% interest. Yeah, I was struggling. Insane, I was dude. making money. Every month I was paying 5K. The interest was like 7, 10K. And I didn't know I could just like settle with these companies. I didn't know if I told them I was in hardship, they would put me on a payment plan at 0% interest. Yep. I didn't know that I could settle for 20% on the dollar if I didn't have the money to pay it. I didn't know I could go to a credit repair company. And a lot of these credit repair companies, what they do is there's laws in place, such as the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Anything that's on your credit report, there has to be proof. Right. that it is actually yours. Yeah. And a lot of times when these debts get sold off, so for instance, if I have a debt with Chase Bank, it gets sold off to a debt collection company. A lot of times, legally, the debt collection company is not the one that has the contract with me. Yeah. Right? It's a very much gray area, selling debt to someone else. Right. And so all a credit repair company is doing is they're sending out the legal credit repair method, right? They're sending out a dispute on your behalf and they're saying, hey, can you actually validate that this belongs to my client? Like, did he sign a contract with you know, recovery associates, like yeah, I thought yeah. this account was with Chase. And a lot of times <laughs> recovery associates will be like, well, yeah, we don't really have that. So we're out of luck. So, and then it falls off of your credit. Now you have good credit. Now you can go, you have a brand new start, right? So I think the biggest thing in America is everyone gets a second chance, but, but I think when you're poor and you're a minority, you just don't know yep. how those second chances work and you get scared and you're like, man, I'm in debt. I can't do anything, but there's a lot of things that you can do. I mean, even these debt reconsolidation companies, like they take advantage of that and they'll go ahead and they'll pay off those. They'll restructure your stuff because they know how the system works. You don't. Right. And then they'll make money on top of you. So um, it's just crazy, man. Um, but I'm glad the space I'm in because I know I make such a great impact. I have people all the time, every single day reach out how 
we helped them get into a house, how we helped them get into an apartment. Their kids are now no longer living in their mom's basement. Like they're yep. doing, you know, just, just living a great life. And I think financial services, man, like and financial literacy is going to be what's going to kind of be the great, great equalizer for people that are minorities and struggling. Because once you get that financial education, once you get that financial literacy, you can honestly have, you know, a lot of the same opportunities that people have that are, you know, starting off with a lot more, you know, privilege than you. Just with your credit, like I said, anyone that's watching this podcast right now, right? Within 12 months, you get $100,000 in 0% credit. Use yeah. that to go pursue whatever business opportunity you want. And it's not your money. It's the bank's money at the end of the day. I was on a call with someone the other day, and we were talking about how important it is to be able to be your own bank, right? So like Apple, they're their own bank. They partner up with Goldman Sachs. Anyone that wants to buy an iPhone, right, they can finance this for 24 months on the Apple credit card, right, because they partner with Goldman Sachs. But, yeah. you know, a lot of people, they don't understand that if you're starting that business and you got to put up $10,000 to get this storefront or buy this inventory or set up a whatever type of store online or website, you're not really having to use your own money, right? It'd be a lot if it was $10,000 you had to pay, but what if the bank has to pay it? Yeah. What if you only had to pay $90 a month to start your business? That'd be killer. That'd be great. And, and guess what? You don't even have to pay back the loan. When you make sales, your customers pay back the loan. Yep. Right? So it's just like a, fr a mindset, mindset shift you have to make. And I think a lot of people don't have that mindset. And that's why they struggle to take advantage of opportunities. Whereas guys like me and you, we just get all the opportunities and we're continuing to take advantage of them. But it wasn't always this way, right? We had to shift our own mindset to be able to be on this side of the game. And I want all the people that are listening to this, you guys can really do this too. Like all you guys have to do is just understand that if we're doing it, if one man can do it, you guys can do it too. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. Now, a big part of the show is about how, you know, the elite kind of rose to power. Um, I want to get into like, well, both how you rose to power. Like if financial literacy, there's a ton of things. There's insurance, Absolutely. there's credit, there's taxes, there's so much stuff. There's like profit first, like how you manage your money. Um, for the people listening, what would you say is one thing that helped you in the financial literacy space? Financial literally, finance, I can't even talk. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Absolutely. In that space. Financial literacy. Yeah. And then, and how do you stay in power? Because a lot of people can yep. make a lot of money and then they, you know, dive, dive deep. Absolutely. Two great questions. So I think starting out, credit was a big advantage for whatever reason I understood. So, so actually, this is how the whole story began. So I was in college and I went to college at Cornell. It's a really good school, but it's in Ithaca, New York. So when I was flying home for breaks, I would fly from Ithaca, a small airport, to Syracuse, to Atlanta or Charlotte. Then I'd fly to Alabama. And the flights, because you know there's all these small airports, not many people taking these flights, the flights would be $1,500, $2,000 on Thanksgiving. My parents were getting like $600 a month. So yeah. I'm like, man, like, yeah, my parents paid this 2000 bucks, but <laughs> I can't keep coming home like this. This is crazy. Yeah. And like when you're, when you're that poor, you, you kind of like have the stress of your parents because you realize like how they're struggling. You're like, man, what can I do to like help this situation? And yeah, I was starting to make money. I was doing some side hustles in college. And then I quickly realized that a lot of people, they travel and they go all over the world for free. They go to Maldives to take these crazy vacations and they don't pay anything for it because they use credit card rewards. And then I realized, well, if they're doing that, I should be able to do the same thing and go home for college breaks. And so I started literally getting these credit cards and I started getting these points. And back then it was really easy, man. You could apply for like an American Airlines credit card. You could set up 10 browsers to get 10 cards in one day, get a million points. And like, yeah. you could even sell those points, bro. You could sell those points for like 10 grand. So yeah, bro, I started balling when I was like my second year in college. I was like, bro, I'm going home for breaks. This is great. I'm making money. All these credit card offers is awesome. Yep. And uh, that's how I got into the credit card space. But it was funny, man, because when I graduated my, and I was going to medical school, I had a full ride to medical school. My dad passed away. I needed to make money. 
And I started researching, like, how do I make money? And then I found out the biggest reason most people can't make money is they don't have startup capital. Yeah. Right. Like all businesses require some type of money, right? This studio requires money, like press, all these businesses require money. Right. And I was lucky because I had built up my credit in college. I had like access to two, 300,000 in credit. And I was like, oh man, thank God. And then I started using that money. My first business, I was buying items and I was reselling them. So you guys have seen like FBA, Amazon, all this stuff, but it was just a lot easier back then because you could do the same thing, but just make way more money. So I started flipping items and I would also make money on the credit card. So there was credit cards that would give you 5% back. So right. if I'd go buy $100,000 in stuff and I could flip it for the same money, I'd still make 5K on the points. Yep. Right. And so that was my first business and it was honestly a grind. Right. So I think the one thing people struggle with is they don't take action and they're not willing to grind. Every single person you see that's successful, they put a lot of work, a lot of effort into getting to where they're at, right? And I think that's the big thing. Like, you need to be an action taker, right? You also need to have a low enough ego to where you're listening to other people that are successful. So when I started doing what I was doing, I found forums online. I found threads online. I found people that were doing what I was doing, but I didn't have an ego. So I listened to what they were doing. I just did it. I didn't ask questions. I didn't try to reinvent the wheel. I didn't say this is how it's done. I just did it. And I got results because they were getting results. And so the third thing too, is you have to like see the opportunity through. So, I mean, I'll be honest, man, like my dad passed away. I was real depressed. My mom, I was trying to pretend like I was real happy. So she wouldn't be upset. And I knew I needed to make all this money. And I was so, so stressed at the time. And man, I think it took me from July to September, bro. September was the first month I made like 10 K. So it took me like July, August, September, like three months. I didn't make no money Yeah, doing arbitrage. It's the simplest business model. You buy something cheaper than you're going to sell it for. Right, right. You can figure out what the price you're going to sell it for is, and then you go buy the item. Yeah. Right? Like, it took me three months to even just do that. But I saw the opportunity through, and then I started making money, and then I scaled that up. That's how I made my first million dollars. And then after that, stuff just gets easier when you have capital, right? Once you have mastered the art of running a business, once you've mastered the art of being meticulous, organized, actually, like, making money because making that first dollar is not easy. Yeah. Right. But once you make that first dollar, it's a mindset shift and you just scale it and you just do more and more of the same thing. But then later on, you know, I got different opportunities. I got better opportunities. So I tell everyone, right? Like what you're doing right now is not necessarily what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Right. So it might suck what you're doing right now, but if it's going to make you money, you should go do it. And then once you start making that money, right, find a better way to make money, find an easier way to make money, find a way to leverage, right. What you've already built right? Whether that's skills, contacts, your network. And so later on, I started other businesses. I started helping other people build their credit because I was like, bro, if people have money, they can go make money. So let me help people build their credit. Let me help people get funding. Then when I messed up my own credit in like 2015, 16 with the Airbnbs, I was like, bro, people need to fix their credit. They don't even know you can fix it. I paid $200,000 for no reason. If I would have known, I could have just like sent out some disputes and maybe they don't have proof, then I don't have to pay it anymore. Yeah. Right. And so, so that's the first first answer. And then the second one, second question you asked is how do you keep this money? So I think the biggest thing people like struggle with is once they get this inflow of capital, they want to just spend it all. Yep. And I did that too. Like I think all a lot, almost all the millionaires I know, they made their first million, they blew it all, went to zero and they made it again. And usually the second time They'll they keep, keep it. it, they keep it. Yeah. Some people I know they've lost it four or five times. They keep going through a cycle. I'm like, bro, you got to calm down this time. <laughs> yeah. Right. But Um, I think you have to either be able to learn from someone else. And like the biggest advice I'll give you guys is once you make that first amount of money, whether it's 10,000, a hundred thousand, a million, understand, like really understand like what your goals are in life. Cause you're not going to get that mansion with 10 K. You're not going to retire your parents with 10 K. You're not going to like do all these crazy things with 10 K. So you got to understand like, should I even really blow this 10 K 
Like you can, you can go spend it on some Dior, but you know, if you start really thinking about what your actual goals are, you're like, man, I could actually use this 10K to make 20K. Right. Turn that 20K into 50K. Let me just stay focused. And I think if people stay focused a little while longer and just are a little bit more patient with the splurging, they're going to have like a much better path to success. Cause you know, everyone I know, like I said, they, they get the money in the beginning, they blow it all. I mean, I did it too, but um, I think it's just part of the process, whether you do that or you just learn from one of us and you take our experience and don't do that. But other things I would say too, for keeping your money, you guys have to have a team. You guys have to have an accountant. You guys have to have someone doing your taxes. You have to have someone that's, you have to have a lawyer guys. A lot of people, they lose a lot of their money because they get sued and they don't have the proper legal and it doesn't cost a lot, right? It only costs a few thousand dollars to get a good lawyer. It only costs a few thousand dollars to get a good CPA. It only costs a few thousand dollars to get a PR person to protect your brand, but you guys need to start having a team of people that are responsible for keeping the ship afloat, right? If you're the only captain, right? Who's watching the ship when you're asleep? It could sink, right? Yeah. So you need to have other people that are like, oh, we need to keep this afloat. And it's okay to pay them because at the end of the day, they're looking out for you. So how, how do they go ahead and find you so they can pay you? Because obviously you know your shit. Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, just hit me up on Instagram at Sean Sharma. The other thing I'll say too is, you know, we launched our credit monitoring service. It's creditlabs.com. So if you need to check your credit score, go on there, sign up. If you want to be an affiliate, you want to make a big commission, just sending us clients so they can check their score. Because the biggest thing, guys, is like most people are embarrassed, right? They don't want to check their score. They're, they're worried. They know it's low. They might think there's something on it. Guys, don't be. Because when you check your score yourself, it's not a hard inquiry, right? It doesn't hurt your credit. That's a big myth, right? You can check your score as many times as you want. It doesn't hurt your credit. And you guys need to monitor it and track it in order to improve it. So you guys can't reach out to me and say, hey, I want to fix my credit if you don't know where your credit score is, right? So yeah. start there, become literate, become financially literate. And once you start taking action on these things, it just gets easier and easier to monitor it and improve it. Cool. Well, thank you so much, dude. You dropped a lot of value, and I appreciate you stopping by. Man, thank it you. was a pleasure.